0: You know, before COVID ended everything, right, and our great pause began, we were spending a lot of time over at Insight working with our clients in preparing for implementation of CCPA, or the California Consumer Privacy Act. I think it's going to have some far-reaching implications on the businesses that, that we serve here in the Bay Area. And... I did an interview with the emerging experts here at Insight, Robert Gillette and Jason Cooper. They're also two of my favorite people, I know I keep saying that, but I think it's about time to start getting back into some of this, so we're going to push this episode out too, and we're going to get into it right now. Welcome to the Jason Claus Show, I'm Jason Claus, your host. My experience is, the best leaders out there, they are idea collectors. They're always on the lookout for great ways to get more out of their team, to help them accomplish more with less, to build culture, and that's what this show is about. It's about trying to find those ideas and share those ideas with a growing community of Bay Area leaders. We've got a great show for you today, and we'll get into it right after this. You know, one of the more common complaints I hear from business leaders about their IT support goes something like this. They say, Jay, you know, it feels like it just takes way too long to get help when something goes wrong. Do you ever feel that way? If so, I wrote an article about the typical root issues that cause that complaint. And my hope is that it can help you understand why it's happening and what you can do to fix it. If you want to check it out, why don't you head on over to the Insight blog. You can find it at www.insight.net forward slash slow it. All right. Welcome back from the break. Like I said, we've got a great topic we're going to be covering today. Well, maybe it's a great topic. It's an interesting topic to me anyway. And to my guests, we're going to be talking about CCPA and don't worry. We'll get into what those letters stand for. But, but the, my topic is, title today is, what is it? What is CCPA? And what do I need to do about it as, the, as one of the leaders in the business? And my guests are some of my favorite people. And I know I always say this, but I get the privilege of working with a lot of my favorite people at Insight. That's one of the cool things that, that makes the place unique for me and special for me. But So my guest today, uh, Robert Gillette actually runs Insight's business in the San Francisco uh, area. And Jason Cooper leads our strategy organization, and they've both got lots of accolades, professional accolades. I'm going to spare them that. You can check them out on LinkedIn. I will include links in the show notes for that. The thing that I want you guys to know about about Robert and Jason is that in addition to being just super smart people, like scary smart, humbling smart people, they are also some of the kindest men that, that I know. And uh, uh, Robert, Jason. I'm just really grateful you'd make the time to join my show. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. So without further ado, we're just going to get into it. Robert, I thought it made the most sense to start off because you're the one that's been out there educating our clients. Um, from, from go on this. Maybe you can help us with some, just some of our calibrating questions here, buddy. Um, what is this thing? What is CCPA? Like, what does it stand for? That's where we need to start. And, <laughs> and why should anybody care about it? Right. Other than the fact that, that, that you can't open up LinkedIn right now without seeing somebody wanting to help you <laughs> learn about it, Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And updated by, uh, about a thousand and a half privacy, uh, policy and cookie changes to all the websites we visit. Um, So the CCPA uh, is the California Consumer Privacy Act. It's a law that was passed originally in June 2018 and became, uh, I guess, law of the land on January 1st, 2020. So just about 29 days ago. And uh, what it does is it it redefines what, you know, private, what information is that's, um, I guess, private, what uh, is considered identifiable information, Uh, But it also redefines uh, that relationship I have to that information and that companies have. So essentially what it does is it takes my name, my phone number, my web history, my heart rate that is collected by my watch, uh, anything that could be used to pick me out of a crowd and it makes it mine. It's no longer a commodity that other people collect and they can use. It's mine. And if they want to use it, they have to ask my permission and they have certain things they have to do about it or do with it. you know, they can't just use it any way they want. They can't sell it to anyone without my permission. They have to, you know, follow some interesting rules that the, the law has laid out. And that's just the first time people in California have that actual right. And there's, there's a carrot built into the law and there's a stick built into the law. So, you know, things that they get if they follow it and things that happen if they don't.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. And... Here's a really point that we need, I want to tease out here. It's not like like every other piece of legislation that that comes out or every piece of regulation that comes out um there's a technology component to this, but there's also a much heftier legal component to this, right. And so, I, I think this is the important part where you, where you insert that disclaimer, my friend, right?
1: <laughs> yes. I'm not a lawyer. No one here is a lawyer. Insight is not a law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and oddly enough, that's actually one of the really interesting things. Like, so, for instance, you know, my clients, a lot of them are required to uh, follow things like HIPAA. You know, they have to be HIPAA compliant, which is a law about mm-hmm. data. And HIPAA compliance is really easy because they say, well, here's the law and how you follow it. And then we just have to develop a plan to follow that. And then we have to prove that our clients are following it and then we're kind of done. But CCPA redefines a lot of that stuff. And, and what happens is that now the law doesn't really define what you're supposed to do uh, from an IT security perspective. It just says the outcome you're supposed to get and right. how people get that outcome is uh, kind of up to them and if they don't get it that's where the stick comes in. so there's there's two parts of it there's the you know how people are allowed to use data they collect, how they mm-hmm. collect it and how they inform about it and uh, then there's the data security how do you protect that data. How they protect the data is really our job but how they collect it, how they inform about it, how they train their employees on how they're supposed to use it that's no longer an IT question it's a lo- it's a lawyer question. And so we find ourselves in the situation for the first time that I'm aware of where we're being asked legal questions, not just IT questions. And the flip of that is the lawyers I'm talking to are telling me it's the first time they're getting IT questions too. And they have to be really careful because they can't give out IT advice that turns out to break the law.
0: Yeah. So it's very interesting. The the terrifying thing for me is that um, I've encountered this too and I have enough heart, I have enough trouble with the IT questions. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly easy. They they're not the easiest ones and and I have no hope with the legal questions. So, I think one of the main points that I want to drive home here is that it's 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 not an either or, it's an and. Um, Absolutely. That 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 if I'm the owner of the business or I'm responsible for this aspect of the business and and if you're a leader, you're responsible for it. Is kind of what I'm hearing.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I if need I to may insert s- one more thing please, before we yeah. move on. Yeah. It's uh what I what we're coming to understand it's it's an, actually a Venn diagram with three circles. There's the law component, ensuring, ensuring a company is following the law.
2: Mm-hmm. There's the
1: data security component, um, which certainly overlaps with and combines with that, You know, making sure that we have best practices and technologies. Because if there's a data security event, someone is going to have to stand up in front of a court and justify how they've followed best practices mm-hmm. um, to define uh, the base fine or seven times the base fine. Um, that's the second part of it. So we have to be able to advise and, and then deploy those things. But then there's a third circle, which is the business and the users at that business because uh, we can set up the best legal structure. Well, we can't, but a lawyer can set up the best legal structure possible. And Insight can deploy the best IT infrastructure possible, but we still have the, the users which are using and influencing how that data is used. And that can be the chink in the armor that collapses the whole system.
0: That makes it that makes it incredibly complicated, Robert. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry.
0: Sorry. Now I'm going to do what I always do when I encounter complicated things. I'm going to bring in one of my wizards, Jason, from a from a technology perspective. What are some of the what are some of the key challenges that that you know kind of based on how Robert has has, has laid this out? What are some of those key challenges that, that you're looking at right now and and that you're working through with some of our clients?
2: Sure. So the technology challenges they 're really multifaceted, and um, to me, I think it really begins with understanding where is the what where is the data so for where and what 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 are these uh, these assets that consumers that are identifiable um, to consumers in California so um, a lot of times we think of um, data such as um, a social security number. Um, but the CCPA is much broader than that, and Robert alluded to this, where it could be something as, um, for example, the IP address um, that, that from which they're connecting. It could be um, the hardware, what's called a MAC address. It could be just a name it's nothing necessarily private about the name, but it's the kind of data that organizations have sometimes collected purposefully or not purposefully, just because collecting data was was good. you know ha- having data was helpful or we found it to be helpful. so so uh, trying to understand I think uh, the scope of what are all of these types of data that we have uh, intentionally or unintentionally collected? Uh, where does it reside? could be on a website as an example. Um, it could be in an exchange with a third party vendor that a business works with, um, and it could be inside of their infrastructure, um, inside of the databases, um, vertical applications. And then the other piece of this is that it could be um, it could be exports of that data that certain business segments use. For example, something really simple like creating a mailing list. Um, the, it could be that the data at one point is highly consolidated and even secure and even encrypted at rest, which means that you, you can't just open it up and look at it. Great, that's that's really important. But when it gets pulled out of that because of perhaps the business process, then it, become, it could potentially be unencrypted in a spreadsheet or a notepad. Um, there could be copies of that made. So it, it, it's difficult. Uh, in that it's so multifaceted. It, beca- it requires a real uh, knowledge. Um, each organization really needs to understand what they're collecting and where it resides. And then in each one of those areas, we need to look at those and decide how we're going to secure and protect. Wow.
0: Yeah, this just gets deeper and deeper, guys. <laughs> Robert, why are we going through all of this? Like, what, What's the intent behind this thing? like like yeah. and, and, and the other the other part of that question is like as a california resident what am i like what's the benefit to me of this right i mean i kind of like like i think i kind of get it but if you could <laughs> elaborate on it i'd be i'd be grateful
1: yeah so there's um there's a lot of reasons why this came came about and i don't know all of them so i'll tell you about the ones i do know one is that um you know gdpr is a, a you know the first crack at this it's a european law that went into effect some time ago, I think it was about two years ago, um, that really tried to wrangle in this idea that um, data is not just um, you know, someone's identifiable data. It's important. Privacy is a collective immunity, you know, privacy itself. So this idea that maybe I don't have anything to hide, but I know people that probably do for very good reasons. You know, Owners of companies, people that work for the government. There's, there's individuals um, that I come in contact with uh, that definitely have things to hide from from other people for very legitimate reasons. And so this idea that if we can all have a greater security, then we all have a greater security. A you know, rising tide lifts all ships. And so that's part of it. Um, there's just this increase um, dramatically, exponentially, every year of more and more security incidents, more and more data leaking from large companies and small companies. and And someone had to do something. And, and I often get asked, "Well, why didn't they just regulate the IT companies?" And I say, "Well, I can't tell you about that, but why don't you watch one hour of Congress? Um, I don't know, deposing someone at Facebook, and, and you tell me if you think that's a good idea." IT just moves so stinking fast; um, it's hard to pin down any one thing. So that's one of the reasons why it came about is because security was becoming really important. We had Cambridge Analytica and all these other high, um, high-profile. Uh, misuses of data and so that's that's was the need what californians get out of this deal is that we get some amount of control over how our data is used although right now it's convoluted and very few people are following it correctly but what we also get is something called a statutory damage, which is a legal term that was taught to me. So if I use it wrong, I apologize, lawyers that are listening. But once, once again, yeah, not a lawyer, not a lawyer. Uh, so <laughs> the way this was explained to me is that when, when all of our, you know, pretty much every American has had their, their social security number, their name, their address, their credit history stolen. It happened with the big um, Equifax leak, um, there was a data breach, big deal. Um, but for any of us to get anything out of that, to, to be made whole from that, what we would have to do is we would have to uh, sue Equifax, and then we would have to prove that there was some actual damage. So we'd have to make a legal case for, well, I, they were hacked, and these people got my data, and then they did this, and it cost me X amount of dollars. And that was just really hard to do. How do you prove what it cost you? How do you prove it came from that and not something else? Very, very hard to prove. What this law did is it says if you are a resident of California, you get automatic protection. If someone leaks your data, that leak in and of itself is like worth, it costs you something to the tune of between $100 per person and $750 per person based on how negligent the court believes you are. And then a portion, something I think it's about ten times that, whatever the court decides, goes to the state as their fee for you know, you know, it's a slap on the wrist, so to speak. Um, and it also funds the AG and all the other things that are that are happening there. So um, as Californians, I get some kind of ability to be made partially whole for um, for a, a data breach. And this is this is really unique. It's actually able to be enforced as a private right of action, which means I don't have to wait for the AG. The attorney general of California to sue somebody. Um, I'll, all I have to do is have proof that it happened um, and then I can hire a lawyer to do a class action lawsuit, which should go fairly quickly because the fees are built into the law. So we haven't seen one of those yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, So
0: here's the, yeah, please jump in here, Jason. Yeah,
2: yeah. thanks, Jason. I just wanted to maybe to help round out some of the um, points that that Robert was talking about. Um, Trying to maybe uh, briefly touching on what the consumers have the right to would help to answer the question as well. What's what's in it for them? Um, And this, because it's not just about breach. Um, It's also about control. And um, so, for example, under the CCPA, um, California uh, residents have the right to know if their information is being sold and to whom it's being sold. Um, They have the right to opt out. Um, They have the right to ask, What do you know about me? What are you collecting? So not, those those uh, protections um, are not really about a breach that someone stole or took took someone's data without permission. It's also there's an aspect of it that's targeted around businesses that are making money through the uh, sale of consumer data. And so I just wanted to point that out because it's uh, for sure. It there's a lot to do with security, and that's a big challenge. But it also has to do with just commerce, that where the um, where the commodity is your data, and this gives the consumer the ability to say, hey, timeout, I didn't ever, oh, I I don't want my data being a commodity that someone else is making money on, and this, there's a mechanism here to try to help prevent that.
1: And I'm actually going to jump in, Jason. Could you actually talk to one of the ones you didn't mention, which is I'm being told is a big problem? Is this right to be forgotten? Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I tell a company I don't want you to keep any data of me at all, you know, knowing how complex backups are and and all that kind of thing, how how, how are we addressing that?
2: Man, that that is a great great question, and it is a big challenge. Um, we uh, from an IT standpoint, we work really really hard. To make sure that our clients don't lose data, it's it's and this is <laughs> you know this is like contrary to everything that we've ever needed to do, um, but it. it, it it, this does exist. This challenge of controlling data—an um, area of what we work in—is called DLP, data loss prevention. Um, being able to control who can access what and for how long, and making sure the right people are the, the p- only people that can access it. So this isn't a new this isn't new territory, but the idea that we might have to scrub a seven-year retention or an infinite retention of a backup. Of an infrastructure to try to extract consumer data and wipe it from the system is really pretty contrary to um, any any approach that we've ever taken. And it is going to create some challenges for sure. And I, I wish I could say we've got that all sorted out. But the, to be honest, we have not yet all figured out how we're going to do all of that in a cost-effective way that doesn't compromise other reta- data that you do want to have uh, retentions of. So it's a big challenge, Robert. That's a great
0: question, Robert. Maybe maybe, you should, maybe we should make this the Robert Gillette show and then you, you can, you can <laughs> ask all I, the questions.
1: Uh, uh, I need more than one subject. Sorry, buddy.
0: <laughs> right. I, you know, Jason, to your point, I think this is really important. When I think about where this comes from, I did a piece maybe a year or two ago. I, I don't remember when the Equifax breach had. I think it was two years ago, But the more I read about it, so that because people were asking me about it, uh, and and I prepared a, a a podcast episode about it. if i when I go back, I went back and listened to that podcast episode, prepping for this interview. And I was really angry. Like there was like vitriol in my in, in my voice, right? People. I, so I so I think a huge piece of this that that I that I want people to hear is that this isn't the govern, You know, this isn't cal- the state of California saying we should do this kind of out of hand, or this would be a great idea. This is actually a reaction um, to individuals like me and and the and and you. Feeling like it's unfair that companies like Equifax or anybody for that matter um, is, is, is using things that represent me and are about me and um, making money off of it and potentially exposing me to harm. Um, and so the, the law, I, I think it, I, what we have here, this is very well intended, <laughs> but it's also incredibly complicated and anyone that's out there kind of peddling, here's your, here's your CCPA compliance in a box. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist because there's certainly people smarter than me out there doing this and, 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 people smarter than, than the folks on this, this, uh, on this episode, but I would be highly skeptical of it. And, and, and I think the, 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 the more realistic approach is one that probably conforms a little more to the way that insight does things, which is listen, we don't know exactly how we're going to get to where we're going to get. We just know we're going to get there and we're, and, and we know what the next logical best step is. Right. Um, and I think one of those logical best steps, like like w- within the construct of this conversation is maybe switching gears here a little bit and just talking about some of the things that we've heard that we we feel like are we where some of these common misunderstandings about this law um, Robert I want to bring you in here and because because i you're exposed to it often right what are some of the common misconceptions that you're hearing out there right now
1: yeah so there's 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 kind of the 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 ones that are great to hear and the ones that are not great to hear. So the first one is there's some big headline features uh, that determine who's a part of this law and who isn't, who's subject to it. One of the big ones everyone likes to focus in on is twenty 25 million in top line revenue. So well, if you're under that, then you're okay. You don't have to follow the law. And uh, as I'm sure you've heard at least once is the big print giveth and the small print taketh away. Um, there's over 200 amendments to this law the Attorney General isn't actually going to even enforce it until July. So we're going to learn a lot about it in the first couple of years. Um, so that's the first thing is just knowing whether or not you're in or out is, is still, there's still a lot going on there. Uh, the other one is I, you know, I had someone say to me the other day, it's a 25 person um, public relations firm. They just flat out said, well, we don't have any data. And I went to their website and just clicked on one button and saw they're collecting data. They have like 60 cookies. They're collecting all kinds of data. Um, They just don't think of it as data. Another big one is there's a a 5,000 person um, accounting firm, which I won't name. Go to the Attorney General's data breach website. You can see them there. Um, They had to announce they had a big data breach because um, someone's someone's email was compromised. One person at the 5,000 person firm Their email was compromised and in the sent folder was private information for individuals they're working with where they sent them a copy of something in a spreadsheet or a PDF of their W-2 or whatever it was and that counts as a data breach. So this big firm, I almost said their name, is in the news for having a data breach but it was one guy's email and it was a sent folder. And so we're really, the the misconception, the big one is what is data and do I have it? Uh, businesses that are operationally mature in lots of other fields are being very surprised about what they're actually doing and whether or not they're subject to this law so it's, it's been really
2: interesting
0: so to paraphrase Robert the, the, the there's kind of those big three bullet points that that it, that are in every article I've read about CCpa yeah Um about the size and how much and, and you and you're selling
1: 50% of your data re- 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 refresh my memory what are those three things yeah so the big three things are 25 million in revenue yep 50,000 names and 50% of your data if right. you have any three of those things you're you're subject but it also says things it says actually business so nonprofits are like woohoo we're not subject
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I learned the other day while talking to a lawyer that if you are a nonprofit that partners with a for-profit business to share revenue on a product, you might be subject.
2: Yeah. And
1: there's uh, hundreds of those little little asterisks about, you know, well, the big three, you know, they maybe say you're clear, but there are all these, you know, nuances and finesse, and there's only going to be more as the attorney general figures it out.
0: Right. So, so the headlines are a little misleading. Is, is is I would is say kind incomplete. Of the, They're just kind incomplete. Of the, yeah. Well, okay. We'll, we'll we'll say we'll say incomplete. What's the what, what's that? So if I'm listening to this, what it's leading me to believe, it doesn't really matter where my business is at relative to those bullet points.
1: I need to be getting on the horn with my attorney. That that's what I'm hearing. Am I hearing that right? I think you are. And this is, you know, the CCPA is the big one everyone's freaking out about right now, but there are new laws for, you know, there's COPA and FEDMA and all these other fun acronyms
2: mm-hmm. that
1: is the, the federal government and the state government pushing down things like how mine, information for minors is collected and how if you have a data breach, even if you're not subject to the CCPA, you still have to notify the attorney general if it's over mm-hmm. a certain size. And there's all these new changes, which again are a response to the outcry of people and the dramatic increase of data breach events. Um, it's just, you can't know it anymore. This idea that I have the good grip handles, we do this full time and we still learn something new every day. Yeah. So the idea that one doesn't need a lawyer or doesn't need an incredibly competent IT firm, it's just, we've kind of left that area. Um, yeah. the, the, the time has come and gone in my opinion. And so... The other thing that I want to mention is, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, Jason, you and I, but this idea that every time one of these big things comes out, we have like a Stuart Little incident. where like, everyone screams, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And yeah, maybe a couple of people get hit with a brick, but for the most of us, everything stays exactly the same. And, you know, I'm not of a belief that the sky is falling necessarily, although I can't rule it out at this point. Mm-hmm. But the analogy that I'm, I resonate with most at this point. It's like there's this big bear in the woods that we're all running from. Every business is running from the CCPA in one way or another, whether they're subject to the law or not, because it's going to redefine California's relationship with data and businesses and people. And so we're all just running from this bear. And there are some people that are very comfortable being the second to the last in line. (laughs) Where They're like, well, I'm not that guy, so I'm okay. And thankfully, that's not traditionally our client. Our clients are the people that say, I want to be able to stand up in a court of law if something were to happen. And with confidence as an expert witness say, I have done everything humanly possible to keep this from happening. And then- they get hit with the lowest fine or maybe they show up better in the news or maybe it never happens in the first place. But thankfully, that's who Insight likes to deal with. But there's a whole lot of people in the middle that might just be okay where it's not that big a deal because they weren't one of the last few guys and, and they didn't get hit by the bear and it, it all turned out. So it's too early to say if this is the big one, but um, people should understand where they wanna be in that pack. They wanna be at the front, the back, the middle, and then they should make decisions accordingly.
0: Yeah, you know what I want to do right now. Um, I I think that was a nice segue, Robert. Let's decomplicate this a little bit for people, right? Because there's the laws, and there's the letter of the law, and there's there's meeting these these requirements and guidelines. A lot of this um, boils back down to just doing the right things, right? From a you know we're a technology company, not a law firm. So from a technology perspective, there is a litany of just work and items that probably should be done on a, on a recurring basis. Right. Which gives us a little bit, it gives us some hacks that we can take a look at. So if you're listening to this and, and, and you're wondering, okay, is from a technology perspective, am I even in a position um, where I can feel a little bit comfortable about these things? Um, Maybe there, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a handful of things, Jay, that, uh, that you might walk us through. Things that, um, you know, like, like for example, do I have a, do I have a policy, a written policy in place? Things like that. Do you think you'd feel comfortable maybe walking us through a handful of those? Would that be okay? Sure. And so, just just as hacks, right? If I'm looking at this and I'm doing these things, okay, I'm 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 feeling pretty good. But if I'm not, I really probably need to look look at this harder.
2: Yeah, and I'll try not to. Um present something as though it's a recipe, but mm-hmm. some, some things, some things that should be top of mind. How about that as we approach I it? I like that. Yeah. So, so one thing that I think should be really top of mind is a privacy link on the website homepage. You're, if you're a business and you, you are, uh, have a website, um, then you should have a privacy link and it should it should have some specific information about uh, privacy, and you should get help from your attorney in drafting it. So that's like I say, th- I think that's just a good, like broadly applies to almost everyone who might be listening, because pretty much almost every business these days they they've got a website, and then just some other things that I think should be top of mind, maybe questions that our listeners can ask themselves. Um, so. What, what personal information do we collect? Uh, that's just a, just a, you know, each one of these questions we could drill down and get really complicated because we talked a little bit before about, well, what quote does information entail as it relates to the CCPA, but let's just keep it high level. So what what information are we collecting? How do we collect it? So what what is it? How are we collecting it? Where are we storing it? And then, do we share it? And uh, sharing it, I, what, I'll, what I would say is, do we share it with outside parties, third parties outside of our control? Um, and then, um, just another, like a sub, another sub point would would be to try to understand what are we internally doing with the data? Um, and each one of those could be kind of action items, bullet point action items that each of our listeners organizations could begin to use those as cornerstone questions. And then we would drill down and really map it out and understand in a lot of detail. At some point we or each, everyone has to get into the detail into the weeds with these questions. But at this level, at that high level, that's kind of how I would frame it up.
0: That's great, man. Thank you. Anything you'd add to that, Robert?
1: Yeah, so since I've been focusing on the uh, the data breach side, I'll say that you know, if something were to happen, you know, how confident are you you could stand in front of a judge and say yes your honor, I have done everything reasonably possible to keep this data safe.
0: That's really good. Well, wow. I want to, we're, we can talk for a long time about this. And in fact, Robert and Jason will be talking about it in more detail. We're going to be doing a webinar. So if, uh, if you're an insight client, you can expect to be hearing from us, um, with a, with an invitation to attend the webinar. And if you're listening to this and you'd like to, to listen to, to Robert and Jason talk a little more, I won't be there. So you'll, you'll, you'll have the benefit of that. Um, just the experts and, uh, we'll include a link on the, uh, on the show notes that to, that'll link to that registration page. So you should certainly do that. We'll be planning on doing at least one of them here at the beginning of February, and then we'll play it by ear. If there's more demand for it, we'll continue doing it. Also, you should be, uh, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Insight blog, we'll be writing about this a lot. This is not the kind of thing where it's, a, there. there is no easy button for this. And so as our, our thinking refi- refines and as the laws become a, a little bit clearer, um, we'll be continually, um, updating, um, what we have, uh, for everyone. Jason, I want to give you the last word because you're out talking to our clients. Is there anybody that you can highlight that, that you've seen that's, that, that, that seems to be, um, you know, maybe has a good first step ahead. Um, maybe, maybe an example that people could see a website or something that you've seen out there.
2: Sure. Um, one of our longstanding clients is, uh, Ron Bauer Vineyards I noticed uh, very recently that they've updated their uh, their uh, private their privacy link on right on the home page of their website. So if you go to rombauer.com, it's R O M B A U E R.com towards the bottom of the page is their privacy um, policy and I really felt like they've done a, a really good job in trying to not be too complicated, but still cover a lot of the facets of what the CCPA is talking about as it relates to visitors of their website and uh, members of their wine club and all of those types of dynamics. So I, I feel like that would be a good example of a privacy, um, a privacy policy to take a look at.
0: Oh, that's a great one. I, I actually did go over and take a look at that. It's, uh, it's really cleanly and, and, and well done. So um, we'll include uh, the, that, that web address. We'll include a link in the show notes as cool. well. So you can check that out there. Okay. Well, guys, I think it probably makes sense to, to, to bring things to a close here. Like I said, um, we'll be talking more about this and there's a, there's a litany of, of next action steps that, uh, that a listener could take if, uh, if you want to. Um, but for now, I just, again, I'm just really grateful that you guys would make the time to, to talk about this. I always learn something every time I get to chat with you. So thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time.
2: Happy to. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Robert.
0: Thanks so much for spending time with me. I hope you found the episode useful and you enjoyed it. If you like what you're hearing and you want to subscribe, by all means, wherever you get your podcasts, we're available. Also, you can sign up with your email and get a notification every time I post a new episode. Feel free to share this with others. And if you really like the show... Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I'd be grateful for that. Until next time, I hope that my good friend Jesus blesses you with peace in your heart, wisdom in your spirit, and a lot of laughter in your belly. You take care now.